Hey everyone, this is Socratic Hobbits, a podcast where Kyle Morse and me, Daniel Hayward, try to ask big questions and then answer them. Sometimes we stay on topic. Thanks for listening. Oh, how you doing? Doing well. Probably That's going good. out to manufacturing tomorrow to okay. build some computers. Mm-hmm. And then writing some code. Although today was mostly um, looking into different types of passivation for stainless steel. Uh, you're not really dealing with the school system at all over there. Do you know? Is it? Well, never mind. I've just what? been talking with. I've just been talking with David about how how school's been over here and some some with jackie as well and it's like when is this going to kind of i don't know and i was just curious if it was the same over there but when are things going to normalize a little bit or is there a normal ever again i i, I honestly think it's a little bit like the tsa um after 9 11 for anything that um government is involved with as far as covid yeah things are just gonna kind of be that way yeah so if you work for the government, you're just going to have a mask if you work in an office and yep. whenever you go into the DMV, you're going to have masks. I guess the DMV, at least here, is a private company, but... Yeah, Washington privatized them. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, that's that's kind of the, the sense I'm starting to get. Because, for example, we've been told that we should expect um, masks, mask requirements for all people who don't have their own office regardless of whether they've been vaccinated or not. Um, Everyone's going to be required to wear a mask when we sign a new contract to deliver stuff to the federal government. Hmm. Like that's getting written into contracts. Wow. Yeah. I know a job that we were on recently and we're not, not a hundred percent sure what's going to happen, but it was like, are your workers willing to wear masks or are vaccinated? I don't, it might've been, are your workers vaccinated? And our answer was, yeah, enough of them are. Uh-huh. And that was the reason we got one of the jobs we did, I think. Yeah. And it's like, cause it was for, uh, yeah, for a, a federal, I think it was just, it was a school or a federal building of some kind. Mm-hmm. And then later we found out like, Oh, uh, we thought it was like 75% and it's more like 25% of our workers are vaccinated. <laughs> huh. Interesting. Well, I guess we'll deal with that when the time comes. So I don't know. I don't know. This is all, it's been crazy for a while. I don't know if it's going to. Well, I mean, you guys can just basically, well, I guess you'd have to start testing everyone on a weekly basis. Is that the new mandate? Yeah. Is that a is that an Inslee or a Biden? Biden. I don't think that he has the right unless it's OSHA enforcing it or something like that. So the two ways they're doing it is if you have a contract with the federal government, it's enforced and then through OSHA. Hmm. Well, okay. So if it has federal funding, which but, a lot of the municipalities and um, school types will. Yep. And I'm sure that Washington will follow suit. So even if it doesn't have federal funding, if it's just got state funding at all. Yeah. Hmm. How exciting. Um, You'll be safe, Daniel. You'll be safe. Think of the children. Yes. You got to think of the children, if they're going to be safe or not. Um, but mostly the teachers. Like, forget forget about the children. Make sure those teachers are safe. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The... um. I'm not sure how this landed. I haven't talked with uh, David about it, but just do you I'm not thinking you, are, of him? I'm thinking of other teachers. No, I, no, no, no. I just meant there was like a huge group of people in the battleground district that were just going to walk if lawsuits didn't go the way they wanted them to. Uh-huh. They weren't they weren't going to get vaccinated and they weren't going to sign anything saying that it was a religious exemption. They were just uh-huh. going to walk. Yeah. And I just don't know how that that landed, but. Oh, well, we can just, we don't have to, this isn't um, the COVID hour with Kyle and Daniel. No, we've already done a few of those. 
Well, yeah, yeah. It's just it's like it's like word vomit. It's like you you want to talk about something else, but then it's like oh, but well, what about have you thought of maybe? And then you just yeah, just comes out. That's what it feels like in like a different conversations with different people who I have no intention of talking about that with. <laughs> it's just like on my mind, and so then it you know just comes up. You just got, I guess, get in social circles where it's less less commonly discussed. Yeah. Or be in social circles. That would be helpful, too. <laughs> You're the only person I've talked to this week, so. I, b- I believe it. Like, as an estimator, you really just don't talk to anyone at all. Uh, I've been, no. Sometimes I wish. As a, as a note of follow-up, from our last podcast, we can, yeah. we can move away from this conversation. Um, I I was galvanized some to to write, and I kind of, you know, I, I, there's mm-hmm. probably going to be a big chunk of that story that I do end up throwing out, and some that I maybe keep. But at this point, it's yeah, I'm just like uh, got some traction. Got a, yeah, I got a little bit of traction, so it's good. It's exciting. Um, I don't know if by the time that last one posts in mid-December if I'll I I don't know hopefully I'll have some traction some more traction between now and then good deal that's the idea idea anyway that's exciting that's that's all I could hope for out of that podcast yeah no I appreciate that and I appreciate you asking and being interested in something that is essentially just a you know passion project for you a passion project sure yeah it's just it's a little uh I don't know it's like something that you I, there's this like, I don't know if meme is the right word or trope or whatever, but just, you know, oh yeah, I've been working on this story forever and da 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 da. And like, I haven't really done anything with it, but you know, and then there's, you know, there's just that guy that like, that talks about it all the time and doesn't ever do anything with it. And well, I think it's a little bit different when that guy is working a, working a full time job than when that guy is living in his parents' basement because that's true. One day he's gonna make it big with his book, you know. And that's true. I guess for a long time it's he's gonna get his big contract, be a big break, go on book tours, be on podcasts like Socratic Hobbits to tell us about his book, get the word out, you know. Yeah, yeah. I don't I think you and I are too big for guests like that, to be honest. If I mean if they, they bring enough money. I mean it needs to be think, a lot of think, money. Do you, <laughs> do you think people pay to be on podcasts? Yeah. Really? Oh yeah. Like, re- huh? How do we sign up for that? <laughs> right, we probably have to have a different audience. I, well, I think you have to have by, a large enough audience. And by different, I mean like enormous. I don't mean <laughs> different people. James, could you please still listen? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it was pretty funny today. Um, this is totally random, but just thinking about James, uh, we were, we've got this little uh, investing club where we're trying to see who can lose the most money. And James had commented on how he finally got back to um, back in the black from the start of this year. Oh, nice. And, and I, when he commented, it was pretty early this morning. And then he was talking about crypto. And right after he commented, crypto tanked. <laughs> and so I took a screenshot of that and posted it as like, we have a new uh, way to determine how we should trade. Just when James says things are going well, sell, sell, sell. Actually, James James said when things are going well for him, sell, 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 because yeah. it's about to crash. But then Bitcoin bounced and uh, hit a new all-time high. Really? Um, Zimbabwe just announced that they're going to start considering it as legal tender for even transactions like taxes and stuff okay which is actually um i was talking to another oh talking to isaac about this and reminded we were reminded of how uh balaji stranvonson uh probably about six months ago predicted that you're going to start to see smaller countries adopt bitcoin and maybe some of these other cryptocurrencies as as reserve currencies Mm-hmm. At, because of the dollar's devaluation and their lack of trust of China and the yuan. Yeah, I, I don't even know if it's you could look at it. You could look at it as a decreasing trust in the dollar. That's perfectly fine and valid, and that's a debate worth having. I uh-huh. think the super high trust 
of blockchain technology is another reason that it's gone that way. For sure. You because you don't, you don't have somebody, at least, you don't have somebody manipulating the the amount, so right. so to speak. You also don't have people like because of how where you've got a, you know the blockchain itself where each transaction includes the previous the history. Hash of the, the, yeah, it includes the entire history of all of the transactions. It's like, well, or at least the transactions previous. Then you have a really high trust. You can't lose it in the same way. Um, there is definitely still ways that you can lose Bitcoin and other blockchain yeah. currencies. But I don't know. Did you? Uh, I noticed for the first time when we were doing taxes, this was there was a questionnaire, and I, I'm wondering, I'm wondering if anything is going to come of it this this next go around. Have you traded in Bitcoin this last year? Uh huh. And I was just like, huh? Are they going to like? At what point can the government tax? Is it considered a foreign currency? Or would it be considered a foreign currency? Would it be considered the same thing as... No, it's it's taxed like ordinary income. Okay, but how do you value it? You value it based on when you first purchased it. And how do you value... How do you realize gains when you, t- when you take it back out of Bitcoin? Yeah, when you, when you take it into... Well, well, the definition is actually anytime you do a transaction. So you take it from Bitcoin to Ethereum, you're supposed to pay taxes on that transaction. So, so you can really get kind of burned if, if like Bitcoin and Ethereum have both gone up and then you trade some Bitcoin into Ethereum and then they both go down and you don't sell at the bottom, mm-hmm. you have no losses to offset those gains. Hmm. But if you don't have, I guess, what's the definition of, uh, how are you getting that information? Is that, is that? That's just the IRS website. That you realize a gain when you trade from one. So if I were to trade you. That's that's how that's how our representatives in Congress have defined it. Hmm. That seems um, stupid. They represent us well. <laughs> I, I think that they haven't cared to uh, learn very well. Well, that's been one of the interesting things. So, I mean, cinema has been one of the holdups to the Democrats' agenda. Christian Cinema from the Democrat from Arizona, right? Okay. But she's actually been one of one of the things she's been holding up is trying to improve the laws around crypto. To I don't know if to solve that problem in particular, but to, to make the government more open to um, cryptocurrencies and development of cryptocurrency in the United States. Hmm. And that's been one of the things she's been trying to get into some of these bills that she's been holding them up, that she's been holding bills up for is to um, get this stuff in because she has taken the time to be educated Hmm. on some of the the blockchain technology and realizes the benefits that could come from um, the U.S. being a hub of this mm-hmm. because as a number of kind of early adopters of crypto have pointed out if if the US were to try and just regulate um bitcoin out of the United States all that's going to happen is people are going to go to Estonia and the Bahamas and and places El Salvador places that are um not trying to tamp down on on crypto and and yeah. blockchain technology and it's the the tech is going to be developed there instead of here. And the intellectual property is going to be there instead of here. And yeah. it's just going to be a massive amount of wealth that could have been created in the U.S. and taxed in a reasonable amount by the government for the benefit of everyone. Mm-hmm. That just was. That's just gone because basically they're scared of something and don't understand it. I don't think that they would be able to make blockchain technology illegal. I think that's that would just be impossible well gold was illegal gold was illegal what do you kyle when it was in the 70s gold was illegal how it was illegal to own you as a united states citizen were not allowed to own gold oh why because we had just gotten off the gold standard and it was an effort to um prevent hoarding ah 
Well, all the same, blockchain technology isn't Bitcoin or Ethereum or Doge. It's, or however that's that one said. Uh-huh. It's just, it's like trying to make, I mean, any technology, like saying, ah, you can't have a combustion engine. Like, I don't care how, I don't care where it's at. You just can't have a combustion engine. You can't have a machine gun. No, you can't have gunpowder. It's not you can't have a machine gun. It's you can't have gunpowder. You can't have the technology that backs the thing up that you're trying to make illegal. It, I don't think that they could. Well, do you see what I'm saying? That's like saying, or or maybe even a, a better way it would be like, you can't use that programming language. It's like, well, do you want to, to take it out of everything? Like how, what do you? Well, I think what would happen if they really wanted to get to Cronian about it is they would make the laws such that if you got caught with it, you went away to prison for a long time. And so then you have to do a cost benefit analysis. Yeah. For yourself and go is moving this technology forward and having access to it worth it to me to risk going away to prison for 20 years. Are you saying if they made the blockchain technology illegal? I'm not saying they would. I'm saying that's how they would have to go about it. I just don't understand how they would make something illegal that's just a, like a wrench or a tool. Like you can't. I'm not saying it's rational. I don't even know how you'd do it though. How would you make something that? It would be any software that takes a certain form is not allowed to be on your computer or to be downloaded using your ISP. Maybe we just table this discussion for the moment since it's silly anyway. So they'd take they'd they'd penalize any server also that allowed that code to travel through the server. Uh you wanna talk about the Ten Commandments? Yeah. I mean, there are really three I was thinking of of focusing on okay. murder, theft and adultery, and then and then maybe bearing false witness. Now why did you why do you wanna look at those three? Yeah, great question, Daniel. Thanks, Kyle. The thought I had was that that these three or four commandments can help us understand God's intent for us as human beings, God's in, God's design for us as being in his image. And there's a reason in the the second table of the law that that we have these these commandments. So so that's that's why I was interested in digging into those in particular. So you have the first table of the law that's primarily that that's setting the the stage for who God is and what our relationship is supposed to be towards him. Then you have the commandments associated with parents and children, superiors and inferiors. You have the commandment at the end which is coveting which is kind of a blanket wisdom command for us to meditate on. And, and Jesus kind of gets into that in Matthew five with the Beatitudes, when he's pointing out the the heart behind murder and adultery. Mm-hmm. I was thinking that murder, theft, adultery, and bearing false testimony are four commandments that particularly um, delineate God's design for us as people created in his image. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious what you think about. Well, I guess I, I just had a question to, I remember. So last time we talked about this, you, you had used uh, kind of the metaphor or perhaps it's a Hebrew um, language kind of key thing. I don't know. Like an example would be like a, you know, in poems we use couplets, but this particular Hebrew the chiasm. A chiasm is stepping up and then stepping down. Yeah, it's kind of like a ziggurat or a mountain. Uh, okay, yeah. So where is this the step down of the... It's like you've got how you treat God and then how you treat man. And that's kind of the... Yeah, I'm not sure how helpful that is in um, this setting. I think it, it could be applicable. So you start out with murder... And then as you're, as you're coming down, you get to adultery. And then as you come down, you get to theft. Mm-hmm. And then you get to bearing destroying reputation, bearing false testimony. Yeah. I think you can argue about 
how those kind of relate to each other. For example, as we talked about the Innocence Project, bearing false testimony has implications for murder, where, where someone could be mm -hmm. put away for life or even um, unjustly put to death based off of someone's false testimony. And well, so they, in they... that case, you have false testimony going into murder or, or, or theft, like mm -hmm. stealing someone's right to live as a free person. Yeah. So it's not just reputation that's being impacted there. I think how I've taken the bearing false witness is not as much. I don't think of it as active lying. I think of it as deceiving. So when you don't say something you should say, when uh, it's very easy to deceive by not bearing false witness, but instead by omitting, basically sinning by omission. So this is kind of a tangent, but... It is, sure. Are you... I've... I've generally thought of bearing false witness as a, being directed specifically at, at reputation. So any sort of deceit that has to do with a person's reputation. Mm -hmm. But it sounds like you're broadening it. Yeah, yeah, I definitely am. I have never thought of it uh, related to the reputation. I, uh, I've never, I've never heard anybody teach it that way. I doesn't mean that's correct. I or that the way that you're talking about it. I just haven't heard that before. As far as reputation goes, it makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is that, is that something, is that kind of the way you've always thought of it or heard of it? I mean, that's the way that that's written down in the Westminster catechism. Oh boy. I've just kind of showed everybody that I don't, I haven't read the Westminster, Westminster minister, minster, minster, Westminster catechism. All right. You want to read that for us? But in the case of the Heidelberg, it actually does expand it well yes and no i'll read the heidelberg first because i think it it's it's more concise okay and then we can expand it to the westminster larger catechism so the heidelberg catechism is what is god's will for you in the ninth commandment that i never give false testimony against anyone twist no one's words not gossip or slander nor join in condemning anyone rashly or without a hearing hmm. okay rather that i should avoid under penalty of god's wrath every kind of lying and deceit as the very works of the devil. So that's right where you were. Okay. And in court and everywhere else, I should love the truth, speak it candidly and openly acknowledge it. And I should do what I can to defend and advance my neighbor's honor and reputation. Hmm. So there's definitely an emphasis on our neighbor's honor and reputation, but at least the, the person who wrote the Heidelberg catechism did expand it to any kind of lying and deceit. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think uh, probably part of the reason that I think about it that way, at least now is because I figured out uh, pretty young, nah, I don't know how young that I could not lie and still have people think what I wanted to about a situation. And I was deceiving them when that, when I did that, mm -hmm. I was like, Oh, I figured out a way around this. I was bad. Oh, yeah. And I was it's bad. Like, well, what's my heart here? Yeah, exactly. I mean, that should have been my question. It wasn't. And and that's what Jesus gets at again in the Beatitudes in Matthew 5, where he's going, what is the heart when mm -hmm. I look at that woman? Yeah. You want to read us the larger catechism? Sure. I can go with the larger. Is that is that what you wanted to go with? It is. It is pretty. It is pretty long. So I'd actually pulled up the shorter instead. Oh, you definitely can. Let's just go for the larger. Um, it'll be good and exhaustive, and I'll come through this. All right. So question 144, what are the duties required in the Ninth Commandment, or what are we supposed to do? The duties required in the Ninth Commandment are the preserving, promoting of truth between man and man, and the good name of our neighbor as well as our own, appearing and standing for the truth, and from the heart, sincerely, freely, clearly, and fully speaking the truth, and only the truth, in matters of judgment and justice. And in all other things whatsoever, a charitable esteem of our neighbors, loving, desiring, and rejoicing in their good name, sorrowing for and covering for of their infirmities, freely acknowledging of their gifts and graces, defending their innocency, a ready receiving of a good report, and an unwillingness to admit of an evil report concerning them, discouraging talebearers, flatterers, and slanderers, love and care for our own good name, and defending it when the need requires, keeping of lawful promises, Studying and practicing of whatsoever things are true, honest, lovely, and of good report. 
That's not so long, Kyle. Well, there's a, a second question about what is forbidden, but I think there's enough just in what is commanded. Yeah. Uh, I am not looking at it right now. I am. Uh, I've just got your. Yeah, I just don't have it up. So I guess I didn't hear anything that. Well, I think you've got both what we were talking about. There's definitely an emphasis on reputation, mm-hmm. but it, it clearly gets extended to promoting the truth in all circumstances. Yeah. Not just in matters of judgment and justice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which it would be a weird understanding if the only time that the Bible, like <laughs> the Bible spoke specifically and only to trials of judgment <laughs> and justice that way. Like it doesn't really, it, it doesn't, there's a, there's very few places where it's like, treat this one area of your life very differently. It's right. like God, God made us to have integrity and to have the, like not integrity and like standing uprightness, but to be like the same, the same way that like, you know, I, we were talking about steel earlier, but that it's the same throughout. It's not just, you know, you don't have a weak point at one spot or it's not wildly different. You know, if it's an alloy, you want that, you want it to be mixed fully so that the the properties are the same throughout. God does want us to have the other kind of integrity as well, but just, you know, there's no. Yeah. And I think where I was hesitating, I thought about it a little bit more and it actually gets back to what you were saying about the chiasm and the hierarchy Mm -hmm. in, in these commandments where you have the example of like Michael creating, taking the statue and putting it in David's bed and putting hair over the top of it. And so when Saul's men come, David has time to get away. And then you have the Hebrew midwives telling Pharaoh, oh, we just can't deliver because the Hebrew women are just much more vital than the uh, <laughs> than the Egyptian, Egyptian women who are just kind of weenies. And, yeah. uh, and God rewards them, very clearly yeah. rewards them. But in that case, in both those cases, what's going on there is you have the higher good of protection of human life from those who are unjustly seeking mm. human life being prevented by the deceit that happens, mm. which gets into the, the Ten Commandments and the Ten Words really being, it's important for us to think of them as wisdom literature, not as rigid legal code. I like thinking of them as rigid legal code. Because then I can figure out my way around them. I didn't say that. Or or were you being serious? Oh, no. I mean, it's much easier to think about things in black and white for me than it is to think about. Actually, uh, yeah, somebody, somebody I was talking to recently. Eh, it wasn't that recent. It was a little while ago, but it stuck with me. Um, they basically said like, oh, yeah, you're like the most rigid person I know, Daniel. Like, Huh. 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 I was like, some things. What, what, what had you just <laughs> held them accountable for? <laughs> no, no, it's just, uh, yeah. So let, let me think if, if, if there's an example that I could, that I could share that would make sense. You're, you're very process oriented or you try to be very process oriented. Yeah. But it's also, um, it probably has to do with, you know, so I, at, at a certain point I identified that the starting step to a path that I didn't want to be on was soda. Uh-huh. Right? Pretty innocuous, right? No no Christian, I don't think, is going to say from the Bible you can't have uh Mountain Dew or whatever. Like you you can't have a, a Coca-Cola. Maybe not generally, but I I can think of some cases where I could say this person should not have Sure. Absolutely. And I'm talking, I'm talking very generally, okay. but for me, you were saying sure. like, you're saying so there's some specific people that, that maybe this applies to. Right. And so, so instead of trying to think, okay, which situations is this okay in? Which situations isn't this okay in? Um, I just made a rule for myself. Mm-hmm. I don't drink soda. I haven't had soda in, I don't know how long it's been right. years. Um, and I'm fine with that. Like, that's just, that's just a thing. Um, Uh another example is that I have a very specific, you know, at, at maybe 
two years ago, um, I found out that I drank differently than everybody at our Bible study. <laughs> I, I remember this. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, and you were asking around going, Oh, <laughs> Oh, Oh, this isn't a normal behavior that I'm doing. And I, I was never at a point where I was like, you know, despite all of your jokes on this podcast about me being an alcoholic, I've never, I've never, um, I've never had an issue with that. Yeah. 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 Um, at least not really. Uh, it's not something that I've had a big issue with. So, um, but I found out that my behavior was different than my friends and people who I respected and knew mostly had their heads on straight. And so I was like, well, okay, here's, you know, I asked a few of them and then I just made a rule and I haven't really, I've, I don't think I've ever crossed that line. It's just a rule. Right. It's a black and white. I don't have to think about it. And that's, you know, on a, and if I could, uh, my wife won't approve of this. So I, I don't do this, but I would buy 10 of the same shirts and 10 of the same pants. And then I would never buy clothes like for a long time again. And then I would just replace them. Exactly. Just, just tell her, that's what Steve Jobs did, and you're seeking to imitate the person who brought us the MacBook and the iPad and the iPhone. Babe, don't you want me to make an iPhone for everybody? I think her answer would be no. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. So I, it's just like, but if I can, if I can make a rule that I can stick with uh -huh. and not have to think about it anymore, I do it. Right you know, for a long, anyway, and I can, I'm, as I'm, as I'm talking about this, I'm now thinking of more examples, but that's basically, I was talking about making a rule that would like, I don't, I don't do, I don't do this behavior period. Right. And for him, he would never do that. Like he, or not. Well, for what it's worth, just to make you feel more comfortable. Maybe this will make you feel more comfortable. I know people uh -huh. who are far more rigid than you. Yeah. Well, you live in Idaho. Everybody's pretty rigid out there, hey? I know people in Washington who are far more rigid than you are. <laughs> I'm sure you do. I don't know that people are rigid out here, actually. I would say people are more relaxed out here in oh, some yeah? cases. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, in a lot of cases. Yeah, Mr. Like, walk to work with a, a brown bag lunch and whistling the whole way and yep, jumping in puddles just because you can. Open carrying, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I was trying to paint a picture and the open carrying didn't you know, just, just the AR strapped across the back, you know. La -dee -da -dee -da. And then you're like skipping and it's bouncing a bat against your back. Yeah. We've been talking a lot about guns recently. By recently I mean this podcast. Are you Have we? I mean you just mentioned oh, machine, we were I did mention machine gun. <laughs> but that's when I was trying to think of things that have been outlawed that like are hard to prove or hard to like it's hard for the police to find out, I guess. But I still would never own one because I don't want the consequences. Yeah, and my issue with that is that like with a machine gun, you could say that's a machine gun. I'm I'm pretty sure. As far as yeah, as far as the I, as far as building though, building from lying to stealing mm -hmm. to adultery to murder right I kind of i could see that as a sequence of events <laughs> right lying stealing adultery murder i could i could see that in somebody's life i i have a harder time and i and i could see lying and thieving going together pretty well and and even murder right after that but and i could see adultery and murder kind of like one causing the other or building kind of but i have a hard time linking stealing i mean there's the like okay you're stealing someone's wife kind of and right and the the wife is stealing someone's husband or you're stealing from the person that you're cheating on right right and i think we can get there um okay i want to at f first take a step back and look at this a little more broadly using the example of the Garden of Eden and the fall of man. Okay. So you have the the lie that God isn't really as good as he says he is. And he's kind of holding something back. That lie gets believed. And then what happens next? It's theft. Yep. 
So they're Adam and Eve take the fruit, which was not theirs to take, mm-hmm. which is that's that's theft. Right. Now, Adam and Eve had it wasn't a marriage, but they did have a covenant relationship with God as his his people made in his image. Mm-hmm. And, and and God regularly talks to the Israelites in in the prophets about their apostasy mm-hmm. being a form of adultery, of spiritual adultery. Yeah. Okay. And then what happens with the first, as Jordan Peterson says, the first real human being? What does the first real human being do? He commits fratricide against the second real human being. So when you say real, you're talking about their kids. Why aren't Adam and Eve? Yes. The first person who was born with by natural means. Oh. Hmm. Uh, murder. The first person who's not created by God and dropped in the garden or pulled out of the first creature's rib and placed next to him. Hmm. Their child, the first human being born by natural means, kills the second human being born by natural means. Does it say that Cain and Abel are the first two? It doesn't say that explicitly, Hmm. but I don't have a problem with the implication. I'm fine with that too. Um, because there, there definitely is that implication. I just always imagine that, like, well, for us to have this many people, Adam and Eve must have had many, many, many more children. Mm-hmm. That's always, I mean, when I when I read through those, uh, the the genealogies from Adam to is it Adam to Noah? Yeah. And then they're like, and and I think also it says they're like, and they had many other sons and daughters. Right. Yep. In each case, but then. After the death of, of the murder of Abel, Adam and Eve have Seth. That's right. Who's kind of a new line or is a new line. Okay. That's, that's interesting to, to walk through that. Uh, the lie, the, the thief, the adultery, the murder. And that's, I mean, that's basically the, hmm. I mean, so you've got Cain not mm-hmm. honoring his parents right by murdering his brother and really not honoring i mean god the way that he should have i mean that's kind of god comes to him and says sin is knocking at your door and desires to have mastery over you yeah it's desires for you but you must overcome it yeah and then he's like nah i'm good kills abel yeah and then he does not get the promise, which is associated, I mean, to kind of talk about the fifth commandment more, he doesn't get to live long in the land where the Lord his God put him. He is driven out. And what was the one that you're like, oh, this doesn't fit as well? Was it the last one? Coveting. Not that it doesn't fit as well, but I see it as more of a, um, a like, reminder to us to think about the others as heart sins, as sins mm-hmm. that start in the heart. Because you, you can see how a envy of our neighbor could lead to us bearing false witness against, against mm. him, how desiring yeah. their stuff could lead to theft, how desiring their wife could lead to adultery and mm-hmm. how all that envious hatred could lead to murder. And so it's, it's a, it's a key reminder to go back through the, um, the previous commandments and recognize that we should meditate on these, not as just external physical actions, but as things that originate and need to be killed in our hearts. How do you work the gospel into your heart in such a way to kill uh, stealing, lying, covetousness, murder, adultery in your heart? Right. Like, how do you? How do you? How do you kill those things? With the gospel. The the quick answer is by the grace of Christ. We have some time. Let's go for the long answer. Okay. <laughs> I, that's just a, it's a. We work out our salvation with fear and trembling for it is God who works in us both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Mm-hmm. What does that look like in your life though? Is my. Uh, it, it looks like repenting and believing when, when I see sin, mm-hmm. I repent of it and I believe that I am 
made clean by the sacrifice of Christ and that I will reign with him in glory because Christ has also been raised from the dead in an imperishable body and elevated to the right hand of the Father in heaven. Amen. So we see the sin and then we repent of it. Oh boy. No, okay. We see it, we repent of it, and then we just go on from there. So at so at the end of just as you're saying, see, repent. It reminded me of in um I'm I'm reading Rod Dreher's book, uh, Live Not by Lies, which is uh he basically he had a, a doctor in America who um, came from a family who had grown up in the Eastern Bloc, uh, send him... Did I talk about this on the last podcast? Did I you did not. Okay. So... Or if you did, I don't remember it, so I want to hear it fresh. Okay. So really good book. Highly recommend it. I'll give a little bit of backstory and then come back to See Believe. This doctor got in touch with Dreher, who's an author, and said, hey, you've got to talk to my... I can't remember it was his mom or his, I think it was his mom about what she sees here in America and what concerns her about America today. This was 2019. Okay. And so he went, he, he went, this is kind of odd, like that this doctor would get in touch with me, but I mean, I'm always looking for a story, so why not? Sure. And after talking to her, he, it piqued his curiosity in to how our, how our society is being set up for if not hard totalitarianism, soft totalitarianism. Okay. And he, so it took him on this path of visiting Russia, visiting Romania, a bunch of Eastern Bloc com- countries and talking, interviewing people over there and hearing their, their stories about living under hard totalitarianism and also their warnings to a generation that hasn't experienced totalitarianism about how our society and culture is just walking blind right into soft totalitarianism, which can rapidly lead to hard totalitarianism. Hmm. And at the end of each chapter, he concludes with a section entitled See, Judge, Act. Hmm. And I think that's a really, um, I mean, he's using it for how do we prepare ourselves to stand up in the face of persecution, how do we prepare our friends and family to do the same? How do we, how, how do we live as Christians, whether society is easy or hard mm-hmm. for us to live as live in as Christians? But as you were saying, see and believe it, it made me think of about see, judge, act. And, and that's what really, what we're doing. We're, we're seeing, I'm seeing the covetousness in my own heart. And then I'm judging it. I'm, I'm naming it as covetousness, not saying it's not lying to yourself, ambition or desire. Yeah. I'm not lying to myself. I, I judge it as covetousness and then I act, I repent of it. And I believe that sin is covered by Christ's blood. And I move on living, living joyfully in that glorious state of being clean from that sin. Yeah. Something that we, we can explore later or, or now either is fine is, um, you know, I know what to do once I found it. Right. Yeah. I repent and then I believe, and then I, mm-hmm. I live out through that belief uh, or I like my actions in my life are based on, on my faith in Christ. Right. How do you see sin in your like no, you know, I basically no no man does what they think is the wrong thing to do at the time. That's where living in community is so important. Okay. So that so that you can at least for me. Yeah, no. Not me. I just can see it, you know. No, absolutely. Like you have to so there's there's probably two ways then and and I think it is it's much easier for for me to to hear somebody else say hey Daniel you're you're goofing up even before that okay explain go on so 
So when I'm in a group of people who I, and I care about their perception of me and mm -hmm. I know that they are, they desire my, my good. Right. I feel comfortable. I, I want to be on good terms with them. And so I'm going to be really in tune with if I do something that I think may have broken fellowship. Okay. Because I want to maintain fellowship. Right. And so if I just think I've done something that may have broken fellowship, I will go and try and restore fellowship. I will see. You'll seek it out. I will seek it out. I will, I will tell them what I judged my action to be and repent. Mm. And, and they may, they may not have seen it though, but they mm -hmm. see that I, I want fellowship with them. And, and then they are then more comfortable doing reciprocating. Yeah. It builds that fellowship to, to make that feedback loop even stronger, mm -hmm. even, mm -hmm. even before the need to rebuke or, or reprove or exhort me comes into place. Yeah, like that's I, definitely true, mm -hmm, but I mm -hmm. think it can, community can be beneficial even before we blindly miss something and have to be told. Yeah. I, I would say that there's almost no one in my life. I would say with the exception of my wife who regularly says you goofed up and here's where, and here's why. And you hurt me. I would say most of the other people in my life, I am not in such a close relationship that we, that I really bump into them that way. But I do think I do have those kinds of conversations that you just talked about uh -huh. where I, I'm like, Oh, actually, you know, I said that thing and now I'm not sure about it. Right. Hey, did this, I didn't mean to hurt your feelings, but if I did, I'm really sorry. And I, right. you know, I, I think even we've done that. Yeah, we've done that. I, I can think of, I was, I was thinking of a few examples, but just, yeah, I know you and I have done that and I've done that. I was talking about David earlier. I've done that with David and, and even my in-laws who I'm, you know, actually, actually the more distance it is, the harder it is because you usually haven't had the kinds of those kinds of conversations. But if you say something like I, where I get in trouble is, is my humor for the most part, just because it's, you know, sometimes it's absurd and then sometimes something comes out that's, that's not as like, Oh, actually that could have been kind of hurtful. Uh -huh. And so, um, but I remember at one point I had to apologize to yeah, two of my, it's a brother and sister-in-law. And it was like, they were like, Oh, don't, don't worry about that. That was, did not bother us. And it's like, yeah, but I didn't, I, I didn't, I didn't go into like the whole thing of like, well, actually like I wasn't thinking of, I was thinking only of me, not of you. And this is why I'm apologizing. This is uh, like, okay, all right, we're, we're good. Like they didn't bother yeah, them too much. Yeah. And so I think another way that you can see if you, you know, this doesn't necessarily require community because not everybody has a, a community that's willing to, you know, where they are super close. I think, I think by being actively reflective, you can also get some of that. I don't think that it's as, I don't think it's as good because you're it's just really hard to we judge our intentions when we judge other people by their actions like the actual outcomes of their their actions but i do think that by being reflective you can see some of the things that are wrong i think both is the ideal right obviously <laughs> oh yeah 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 absolutely absolutely i'm not saying one is better than the other i'm just right I was just going to say, as, as far as tools go, if, if we can have both in our lives, that's going to be the most effective tool for rooting out sin. Yeah. Or at least root for, for, for seeing sin. I guess that's, that's where we're at right now. Yeah. I was talking to somebody recently, and it's, it actually kind of calls back to some of the conversations. Actually, we were talking about our podcast. And it's like, okay, we were talking about the, you know, people who's, statues are being torn down long, you know okay and how do we you know the people who a long you know a long time ago or longer ago maybe they shouldn't have been blind to their sin you know it was like a societal blindness related to racism right it uh -huh. was just you know for a large amount of people in any case that's like well how harsh do we judge somebody for completely missing something it wasn't even that they like they didn't even have a chance really 
And it's like, well, they should have. It's like, okay, yes, they should have, but they didn't. They didn't see it. Uh-huh. The funny thing about that, I thought, was the people like who were tearing down statues of William Wilberforce and his contemporaries. Yeah, ridiculous. Like, absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> it was like, do you know who these people were and what they were doing? Like, no, they're old and white. Kill them. <laughs> I guess they're dead and white. Get rid of their memories. Yeah. William Wilberforce, for those who don't know, got rid of slavery in England? Almost single-handedly. Almost single-handedly. Like, he was a tenacious bulldog of a man who would not rest. And... Until that was out of there. <laughs> so. Well, also running orphanages. and Okay, let's not give William Wilberforce too much credit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, anyway. Yeah. Sorry, where, where were you going with the. Oh, just just the like the I would say that of those steps, it's like, well, okay, so you know how to you know how to act when you see it. So not being blind to something is the the most difficult kind of part or the most difficult how uh-huh. R- repenting and believing. I mean, believing is a, a, a gift of God and repenting closely related to that. But I mean, is also a gift of God, but that is something that we do as well. Mm-hmm. And, and even, but even seeing our sin properly, like that's, I think that's the the more difficult how in my mind i don't know maybe that's because i think with the other two pieces we we have ooh see i was about to say something that just sounds like crap <laughs> well don't say it then well i mean i can say it and then you can you can say yeah that's that's garbage or no but just that we have more help with the other two and we don't have as much help seeing our sin yeah that's that's junk <laughs> okay Right. Well, I mean, because God gives us the people around us, gives us our conscience. Yeah, then the Holy Spirit. Because when we talk about reflection, we're really talking about working with our conscience. I mean, I mean, kind of, you're kind of bridging the gap between seeing and judging, right? Because the conscience both helps us see and helps us judge, as informed by the Spirit in us. Hmm. Yeah, you're right. That was garbage. So I mean, and part of I mean, as with any sort of categorization of of a process you have to divide put dividing lines somewhere but there's overlap it's not clean i was recently and i think this is true for a lot of things which is why why i'm bringing it up now i was reading um uh all of richard Feynman's uh lectures are available online for free uh-huh. by, from caltech i think yeah i haven't read them but that's a great idea probably the most interesting science writer i've ever read I haven't even gotten through very much, but one of the things that he talks about is how everything in science is an approximation. Full stop. Everything yeah. that you, everything that you ever read, everything that you ever think you know about it, it's an approximation. It's a model. It's a model, and models simplify and take out, right, like take out information, and hopefully they're still helpful. If they're not helpful, then you need to get a different model that either is more complex or maybe takes more information out. Because if you have you're like, oh, I've got this model, but it's like 150 pages, and <laughs> like I can't, I can't really use that as a tool. It's not near pithy enough. But like, the exception to that being machine learning, where you have a model that is pages and pages of neural neural nodes, and it just works. You don't know why until it misses the side of the semi, and your Tesla drives into it. Oh, speaking of which, okay, quick aside, and then back. <laughs> they did the they did the first taxi driverless taxi in san francisco or really yep Tesla? they did it they did a youtube on it. i don't know i just saw the headline but it was a completely completely driverless nice he didn't die either I, I don't think or he wouldn't have done the youtube video about it afterwards anyway so the approximation that like even the repent and believe like those have overlap right yep and you know, forgiveness and reconciliation have a lot of overlap and even forgiveness without reconciliation. Like there's a lot of, it's like a, it's not a, it's not an event. Not really. Right. And I think that's actually when you and I were arguing so much about forgiveness, not on the podcast, I think 
We did. We didn't do that on the podcast. We might have. We also argued a lot offline, but. Oh man. I know that would have been such good content. But forgiveness is a very is a long event. It's not, or it's not an event. It's a, it's a process that could take, yeah. could take a year, right? Depending on the sin. A lifetime. It could take a lifetime. Sure. Um, and I think if you and I had made that clarification, you would have agreed that I was right. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, man. Um, okay. Well, did we did we talk about did we did we get everything you wanted to related to the? I think we we didn't get into just how these commandments point to aspects of us being human. Okay. And what it means to be created in the image of God. So I can just run through that really quick and then you can poke at it or agree and we can be done or. Yeah. (laughs) Just end. No. Okay. Yeah. So, so how we're human, how it makes us more human and then how we're created in the image of God. Those kind of seem like the same thing. Is that those are the same thing? Okay. I I meant for them to be the same thing. We're on the same page. So starting out with bearing false witness, we, we have a reputation. Um, Proverbs talks a lot about protecting our reputation, how important it is, how difficult it is to rebuild a reputation that's been broken. So that's one of the reasons God puts a commandment in there to protect it. There's theft, the idea that God has created property, private property, for people to possess, mm-hmm. give away as they see fit, and use productively as they see fit. And then there's marriage. Um, God, the first two people God created, were he put them into a marriage. That's very integral to what it means to be human covenant. And, and, and taking a step back from that, even to what happened in the sin of the garden, um, covenant relationships are core to what it means to be human. Uh, the covenant relationship we have with God, our father is core to what it means to be human. And then with murder, we have life. God has given us life and we're to protect our own lives and the lives of those who are around us. And so you have life, um, covenant relationships, um, private property and reputation as being four attributes of being human, being in the image of God. Yeah. So those different pieces kind of make up in some ways a life, right? Right. And it makes me think of like, was there a way that we could relate to these four things being taken from Jesus on the cross, right? As God, you really can't, you can't kill God, right? Because he's, because of who he is. And yet he came down onto earth and then died for us. And he didn't even have any really possessions and what he did, it was taken from him. Right, and his clothes, and there was that. There was the trial right before where there was there was false witness. Yep, and um, I mean, as far as the covenant being broken, there was, I don't know. There are a bunch of different ways you can take the covenant. I mean, he was an he was an Israelite, a Jew who was mm-hmm. thrown out of the camp. Um, I mean, that's what the scapegoat was pointing towards. Is yeah, Jesus being put out of the camp. And, and broken for for our transgressions. Um, you have, depending on how you take um, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You could have that relationship broken, um, being broken in a sense. Um, that's a mystery. I'm, I, I don't want to go into that because I don't understand that. But, but there's something being apparently broken there that's a covenant relationship. Yeah. And and there there are other things. I mean, there's probably something with the the veil of the curtain being torn. So so the the temple is where God was with His people, and when Jesus dies, two things. I mean, you have two things happening there. One, you have the veil being torn means the Gentile like everyone has access to God, but also God is no longer with the Jews. Hmm. 
Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of different ways to go with with all the. And I was thinking, even thinking of like bearing false witness, like Peter, right when when yeah. they're like, yeah, you know, denying Jesus three times mm-hmm. before the rooster crows. Yeah, and he's not speaking the truth. He's trying to deceive. Absolutely. Well, that's that's a that's a a new kind of depth to the to the Ten Commandments for me, I think. And and something I'll I'll probably think on some more. Yeah, this is our Christmas episode, though. I don't know if you want to wish people Merry Christmas or not. Happy New Year's, all of that. It's a little weird because it's it is you know, weird beginning of November. Yeah, go out and celebrate the in, the incarnation and the putting together of broken reputations, lost property, broken marriages, and dead lives. Yeah. And looking forward to him coming again. Amen. Hey guys, Daniel again. Just wanted to say thanks for listening. I'm not really sure if ratings on iTunes or other podcast services helps. You could try that if you enjoyed it or uh, sharing it with a friend, someone who you think might uh, enjoy it as well. And if you didn't, you can go ahead and drop us a line. We've got contact info in the show notes. You can also support us uh, like a dollar a show. Thanks.